Baby Gear Unwrapped, the podcast where we dive deep into the world of baby gear so you can make informed choices for your little one. I'm your host, Rebecca Kimenaugh. I'm a passionate baby gear expert and baby registry consultant. As a parent myself, I know firsthand the joy and challenges that come with preparing for a new arrival. The world of baby gear can be overwhelming with endless options and evolving trends. But fear not, because here on Baby Gear Unwrapped, I'm here to guide you through the maze of strollers, car seats, cribs, and all things baby gear. This show isn't just about products, though. It's about empowerment. It's about giving you the knowledge and confidence to select the gear that aligns with your family's unique needs, preferences, and values. We'll explore practical tips, expert interviews, and the latest innovations in the world of baby gear. So whether you're a first-time parent navigating this exciting new world, or a seasoned pro looking for the latest advancements, Baby Gear Unwrapped is here for you. Together, we'll make your parenting journey smoother, one gear choice at a time. So hit the subscribe button now and join me on this incredible adventure through the world of baby gear, because when it comes to your baby, only the best will do. Well, hello, everyone. Today, we have a very fun guest expert with us. We have Crystal from Kinder Cloth Diapers here, and we're going to talk all about cloth diapers. Uh, Crystal, do you want to introduce yourself to all of our listeners? I mean, I guess, sure. So uh, my name is Crystal. I am the founder and co-owner of Kinder Cloth Diapers. My husband owns it with me, but we're co-owners. Um, and we started Kinder about two years ago. It'll be three in February. And the goal of Kinder is just to help people find cloth diapering more approachable and accessible um, and maybe sell a couple of cloth diapers along the way too but really really about education and access to cloth diapers that's awesome uh do you want to tell us a little bit about like starting a cloth diaper company did you start <laughs> it because you liked cloth diapers yourself and you're just like we need better options or was there another reason so uh, my background is in advertising and graph design. So that is my, the last 10 years, that's what I've been doing before cloth diapers. Uh, <laughs> I, I got pregnant in 2019, was researching cloth diapers, didn't really see pretty prints and stuff that fit my aesthetic and my vibe. And I thought, you know, hey, I think that I could do this better. Uh, and I, I was like, I would really love to put my own art on diapers. And that's kind of how it started. Um, and then from there, now I put other people's art on diapers in addition to my own. So that, that's, that's really sort of cool. where it came from. It came from the visuals. And, and over time, we've really made a product that I'm proud of. And I think that people really, really love. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I stumbled upon your page probably not long after you launched, like on TikTok. So I feel like you're, you're the cloth diaper person on TikTok, in my opinion. <laughs> like, and I, I mean, obviously the algorithm knew that I cloth diapered my daughter. So it was back when I first got a TikTok and I wasn't very active on there. And I just, you, your videos kept coming up and I was like, I really like her. I really like your approach to cloth diapering. And I feel like you make it way less intimidating and you're really honest. Like you don't try to sugarcoat it or anything to sell products, which I always appreciate in a company and someone. So yeah, I think the thing that was helpful for me when I was looking at it was I found some girl on YouTube and it was, she was literally just showing how to use the product. And she was like, we store them here. We do this. This is how we wash them. And I just feel like there needs to be more of that, like 
like this is how it you do it it's not really that hard sure you're gonna touch poop but you're gonna touch poop <laughs> anyway yeah <laughs> like, like the amount of times I've put my knuckles in the diaper while the baby's alligator rolling away too many to count it's gonna happen regardless of the diaper style that you're using um, and if we can help people save some money and uh, along the way and make things more approachable I'm all for it I'm all for it awesome awesome um well as we dive into like exploring cloth diapers and the different like types and all of that do you want to talk about your own journey like was there something in particular that drew you to cloth diapers and then within that was there like a certain kind uh which we can explain to all of our listeners like the different types of cloth diapers but was there a certain type of cloth diaper that immediately I mean I guess maybe because of the fun prints you were like you wanted something that had prints on it, but you can, you can tell us. (laughs) I was definitely looking at the prints. Yeah. I, um, I, I thought that I wanted to do all in ones, which like now looking back on like, if I had tried all in ones, I probably would have failed because they're a little, they seem like they'd be more uh, approachable and like easier to use. But I do think that they're a little bit more complicated. We ended up using pocket diapers and I think it was because they were lower cost and I liked the prints better. Um, and so we ended up starting with like Alva and Nora, which are fine. Um, if you're, if you know anything about cloth diapering, you know who Alva baby is and who <laughs> Nora's nursery is. Um, and they're very good, like entry to cloth diapering. Um, and Nora's nursery has great prints, you know? Um, so I started there and, and that was it. It was, they were pretty and they were accessible. And then as I got more into it, I started to find these like work from home mom brands and okay. small businesses like now myself, you know, who were putting different things on the diapers and they had more um, like features, I guess. So like once you start to get a little bit further and you're like, oh, a tummy, what's a tummy panel? Uh, what's athletic wicking jersey? Why are there oh, there's different insert styles that you can choose from. And it becomes this really like niche. uh, People become kind of obsessed with cloth diapering. You know, once you get into (laughs) it, you're like an expert. It's so easy to become an expert in cloth diapering overnight. Um, And, you know, the more I got into it, I think pockets just felt the most approachable because you're cleaning one surface, right? With an all-in-one, you're cleaning a bunch of different flaps and folds with a cover. Again, the poo is getting on all of the different flaps and folds. And I'm very open about this on TikTok. I make a lot of content about like, you might love covers. I don't. And this is why, you know, and I show like the poo gets everywhere. Um, then there's fitteds, there's preflats, there's prefolds, there's a this whole thing. But for me, pocket diapers felt the most like a disposable diaper. Like it's one thing, and and we have a lot of other people who help us take care of our kids, right? My parents are here all the time. My husband's parents help every now and then. You know, somebody else is coming in that needs to change a diaper, and if it can just be really intuitive, and it's not like, well, where does this flap go, and what do I fasten this with? Um, it's not like that with a pocket diaper. It's just like, here's the thing, put it, snap it on, right? Just close it up. It's good to go. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I love pocket diapers too. And it is funny that you mentioned all in ones because I feel like, um, I don't know if this is just me, but I feel like they used to be like the thing to have because I was introduced to cloth diapers, uh, back when I was a nanny, I think over 10 years ago, Um, and you know, there were much more limited options on the market and I feel like all in ones, at least maybe this was just, you know, the companies that advertised them did a really good job of advertising them as like the easiest option. This is what, like, this is the 
queen of cloth diapering is having it all in one piece. Um, and I remember using it with the kids I nanny for and being like, oh yeah, I mean, cloth diapers are definitely easier than I thought they would be because that was my first time using them. Um, but then when I became a parent, I purchased a bunch of used cloth diapers and a bunch of pockets because I was kind of trying different ones out. And I mean, I think it was easily like the first or second time I used the all-in-ones, I was like, oh no, this is so much harder. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was like, the well, pockets are the way to go for me. The thing with the thing I love about pockets is you can customize them. Mm -hmm. And with an all-in-one, the absorbency is attached. So you're stuck with it. If your baby doesn't need that much absorbency, you're stuck with all those layers and it's as bulky as it is. And if you want to add more absorbency, because the absorbency is attached, it becomes more complicated to do that. With a pocket, it's super simple to say, you know, you're going to use four layers of bamboo during the day. And at night, you know, I might need eight layers of bamboo, or maybe I want to switch it up and do four layers of hemp cotton and four layers of bamboo. And you can do that really easy. You can fold it and put the absorbency where you need it. But with an all-in-one, I feel like it's a box that you're kind it's of like less customizable, right? You can't customize yeah. it. And, and for some people, that's great. Some people love that it's all attached and, and that they don't have to think about it and they can just put it together and they don't mind that you can't customize it. But for me, I like to be able to switch it up and, and meet my baby where they are at whatever stage they're at. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, and this is always the interesting thing about podcasts is explaining with just words, <laughs> the products you're talking about. So, um, we can go through the different types of cloth diapers, because I know a lot of people listening may not actually know what an all-in-one actually looks like, which obviously you said it's the absorbency connected to the diaper. Yeah. So it's all in one. <laughs> yeah. So, so depending on the brand that you purchase, they're going to be a little bit different, but usually the absorbency or like the insert is sewn attached to the cover. So mm -hmm. either sewn in the front or some are sewn in the front and the back sometimes sewn. I don't know if I've seen any sewn on the side, but like the absorbency is attached to it in some way, shape mm -hmm. or form, right? You can't take it off. Um, then there's like a half step removed from that, which we call an all-in-two. And in an all-in-two, you can remove the absorbency, but there's also a way to attach it. So um, Little Helper is the best example of this that I can think of where the cover, the inserts snap into it. So you can leave them attached for washing or you can unsnap them and resnap them in. Um, and you can kind of customize those a little bit more because the absorbency snaps in and out. Um, in a cover style, you just have the outside water resistant part and you can literally put anything you want inside of it. And a lot of people use covers more with like a flat, which Again, hard to explain without <laughs> visuals, um, but a flat is just like, think like a swaddle um, that you would fold in a specific way to wrap around your baby and then fasten. So you don't necessarily need something over top of it if you're not, uh, but if you want it to be waterproof, you do need to put something over top of it, right? Because it's... Mm -hmm. The benefit it of will that, get messy. <laughs> it will get messy, right? But the benefit of something like that, though, is that you can have 360 degrees of absorbency, wherein um, something that's like a like a all-in-one or an all-in-two, the absorbency just kind of goes like through the crotch. Um, mm -hmm. But if you're doing something that's like a flat or a fitted, um, it's going to hug baby tighter all the way around up in those leg gaps and be more, we call it like a 360 degree absorbency, right? So it, it can help um, if you're having somebody who like floods their diapers really quickly. 
And then, of course, my favorite is the pocket. And the pocket has a pocket in it where you <laughs> stuff whatever absorbent material you're going to use. We like inserts, but you can really put anything in a diaper um, that absorbs. You know, anything can be a diaper. Um, and you stuff it inside the pocket. And then when you're cleaning, you only have to clean the primary, like, spray poop off of the primary surface of the pocket diaper. Mm -hmm. So is the main difference between a pocket diaper and an all-in-two that like essentially the pocket or that extra layer that's going over? Because I know a lot of pockets that have snaps and things to attach the inserts, but I guess in an all-in-two, the absorbency is just sitting against the baby. It it's all nomenclature, right? It's all, it's all just, it's whatever we want to market it as. True. Um, right, right. So our diapers have a, a, a snap on the, an internal snap that you can snap the insert to so it stays in place. And yeah, technically, then it would be considered an all-in-two, but it really primarily is a pocket, right? Because you have that barrier between the inserts and um, baby's bum. And that's kind of what makes that a pocket, right? And in all in two, you don't have that lining or that barrier. You're just snapping the inserts in. Does that make, that makes sense? Yeah. Yeah. That <laughs> makes sense. And it's so funny. Cause I had never thought of the advantage of a flat being the 360 coverage. I just always thought that they were generally cheaper and I mean, to me, they always look old fashioned. So I actually, this summer I cared for a baby that um, their parents use like flats and uh, I don't even remember what they're called, but the like snap, the really stretchy, like snappies. Yeah. yeah snappies. Or, okay. Yeah. yeah that's what yeah, they're yeah. called. Yeah. Snappies there, which again, describing to listeners, they're like, I mean, cause you used to use safety pins in the good old, old. Some people days. still do. Some people yeah, still use safety true. pins. Yeah. For they're like diapers. a plastic fastener with little teeth on them uh -huh. that you stretch to hold the diaper closed essentially yeah, uh, yeah but yeah yeah when people are having trouble overnight cloth diapering and they're just having leaks like sometimes more absorbency in a pocket diaper overnight can just lead to more leaks because you're stretching the gusset of the diaper away from baby's skin mm -hmm. um, to add more bulk so I tend to recommend that people switch over to something like a flat that's 360 degrees of absorbency and that can help because now all of a sudden you have absorbency all the way around baby so if they're side sleeper you're not worried about leaks out the the side anymore because the absorbency goes all the way around or like a fitted is the same way right we didn't really talk about fitteds but a fitted is the same basically the same as a flat except it's structured and um, snaps around baby but same deal 360 degrees of absorbency so it's really advantageous for nighttime yeah perfect awesome I'm already learning more than I knew, <laughs> so I love this so much. Uh, it's really fun to geek out about cloth diapers because I feel like it's uh, obviously, as we've said, once you go down the rabbit hole of cloth diapers, it's easy to become a little obsessed and geeky about it. Uh, but sometimes when you're out in the wild, if you're just like, if a parent sees you cloth diapering, they're like, oh, you're one of those parents. <laughs> I, I rightfully so, right? I'm a cloth yeah. diaper nerd. And you don't have to spend a lot of time with me to to learn that I know a lot about diapers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's your job, literally. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Amazing. Um, so we I feel like we've kind of already covered a lot of the pros and cons of the different diaper types. Is there any like pro or con you want to add for one type? 
I don't think so. I, I mean, I think at the end of the day, like you have to decide what's right for your baby and not every baby's going to love the same style. Like you're not going to like the same style of diaper for all of your kids. Maybe like you might have one baby who has a low urine output and does great in a certain style during the day. And then your next baby could be a flutter and you need something <laughs> totally different. Right. So, and that goes the same for different families, right? So your family mm. might not like the same thing as another family and that's okay. Uh, so it's just finding the system that works best for you. Yeah. And when we're talking about price, is there generally like ones that are cheaper or does it just really depend? Yeah. I mean, I think you already covered like flats are typically the most cost-effective option, right? Because anything can be a diaper, which so you can just go to like the craft store and buy a high absorbent fabric and cut it into squares and voila, you have flats, right? You don't have to shop with a brand who's going to mark that price up for you, right? Um, and then with flats, you can use covers, which don't have a lining, um, so they can be wiped down in between diaper changes, so you can have less of the exterior covers mm -hmm. in your stash, unless there's poos. If you have a poo, you got to change the whole thing, but if you have a pee, you can just wipe it down and reuse the cover, so that means that your system can be uh, a little bit more agile, and you don't need as many pieces and parts, so it can be more cost-effective, right? So uh, flats, you need a flat for every diaper change, right? But then the cover, less covers for diaper changes. So it's already more cost-effective than any other system you would choose. Um, fitteds tend to be the more expensive end of the system because they're, you know, 360 degrees of absorbency. So you have more fabric going into mm -hmm. them um, and they're a little bit more complicated in their design and their structure. So it tends to go like covers, pockets, all-in-ones, fitteds or fitteds right at the other end of the yeah. spectrum yeah awesome um and I don't know in your journey you've already mentioned that you had started with Alva and Nora's nursery and I'm sure now you have like I know you did like a Timu haul I saw that video of all the different types of cloth diapers so I'm sure you've touched like almost every brand of cloth diaper out there um but when you were like first cloth diapering your children, did you have brands that you kind of preferred? And then when you were designing your cloth diapers, were you like, are there certain features that you had, you knew you had to put on your own cloth diaper? Yeah. So I, I started with Alva, Nora, Mama Koala, and then just like anything that I could get my hands on readily available in like Amazon. <laughs> uh -huh. um, and then as I like found these niche brands, I started to order from smaller shops and find features that I really liked. I learned about a tummy panel. Tummy panels <laughs> are amazing, especially my first baby was a tummy sleeper. So a tummy panel is an extra piece of the outside waterproof fabric that lays along the inside of the tummy of the diaper. And this is advantageous because it helps prevent moisture wicking onto baby's clothes, right? So sometimes that that white lining of the diaper can come in contact with like onesies or sleepers and start to wick moisture outside of the diaper. The idea with the tummy panel is another waterproof barrier between baby's tummy and their clothes, right? And it can really help, especially if you have a tummy sleeper, preventing that moisture wicking onto their clothes. So I knew I wanted tummy panels. And then actually our first line, we didn't have... Um, our first release of five prints, we didn't have athletic picking jersey. We used microsuede, which was like what everybody was doing, right? That's what's mm -hmm. inside the Alvas and the Noras is the microsuede lining. And um, and 
And then I found Athletic Wicking Jersey, like between the first release and the second. And people were asking for it. They were like, why don't you have Athletic Wicking Jersey? Your prints are so cute. Why don't you have this? And I was like, because I've never used that, right? So so then I, I sampled some, I tried it out. And then our second launch, we launched with Athletic Wicking Jersey. And I don't know how I ever survived without that. Um, yeah. I like Athletic Wicking Jersey over micro suede. Um, they're both fine textiles, but Athletic Wing Jersey is more like a basketball short mesh. That's how I kind of describe it, like a sport mm -hmm. material. So it's more lightweight and breathable. Um, and I find that the poos come off of it better. That mm. Like it's easier to spray them or plop That's them. That's a huge deal. Because it's more silky. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit yeah. more silky. And if you are a household with pets, um, micro suede tends to hang on to lint and pet hair. Like oh, if you're yes, stuffing diapers. Yeah, if you're, stuff <laughs> if you're stuffing diapers and you like drop one, oh my God, it's like, did the cat lay here or did I, you know, you know, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Um, but athletic wicking jersey doesn't tend to do that as much, right? So you're, you're not going to be like cat hairs woven in the micro suede it yeah. happens right oh it does um, it it the it's less prone to you know picking up all of the lint if you accidentally drop one okay and so the the athletic um material is what you use on like the baby side of the pocket mm -hmm. yeah that's okay. the, that's the lining between the insert and baby's bum yeah we okay. have the jersey which mesh. makes yep. sense because then it is wicking moisture away yeah yeah it is yeah they're they're stay dry too so it pulls the moisture through and keeps baby feeling dry yeah awesome and then uh yeah were there any other features that you were like not off the bat but we did so we had a ton of manufacturing struggles i oh, mean I as, with, imagine. as with like any that's... new business um, <laughs> yeah. the first partner that we worked with we, I was actually just laughing on live on TikTok last night with our customers because my, in the, my first year of business, we used to do seconds bundles, but we also had what were called seamstress bundles. And in a seamstress bundle, you could buy diapers that needed repaired. That's how bad the quality was <laughs> oh, that I was no. getting from my supplier. Like we don't have that anymore, but people would buy them basically at cost what I would buy them for. And uh -huh. then the, the, the shtick was they had to go and like repair the diapers. Like they had <laughs> errors with them. Yeah. Um, so so eventually we switched manufacturers and when we switched manufacturers, we made a big change to our sizing. So our sizing used to be more standard eight to 40 pounds. And now um, we can fit babies. We fit put on babies as small as like five and a half, six pounds. I don't advertise that small. I advertise about seven pounds because every baby is a little bit different um, mm -hmm. to like 60 pounds. And of course, every baby's different. So that's a one size fits most range, but they are smaller and also larger than some other brands. And um, so we added that fifth rise setting, which was, nobody else was doing that then. A lot of people are doing it now. Um, and then we also made the back elastic much thicker, um, more okay. like what you would have seen in an all-in-one. Um, it was, we weren't doing that in pockets because people were worried that it would be too thick along the back. Um, but we sampled a couple with our then, you know, like VIP customers and um, they loved it. And we were like, okay, we're doing it. We're putting this and we're putting the fifth rise in everything. And um, I think that really helped our business like grow and take off to have things that were different than other people. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And uh, this is like totally not, um, in the questions, but when did you start your TikTok? Was it right at the start of your business or was it? So this is funny. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I, um, I started the business in February of 2021. So my daughter was like a year old. Um, and then 
I got on TikTok, I don't know, shortly after that. And I remember in May, we went to my brother-in-law's graduation and it was like a four hour drive. My husband and I are driving home from this four hour thing and four, four hour car ride. And he's telling me, he's like, you got to figure out how to sell these cloth diapers, Crystal. There are hundreds of cloth diapers and you got to figure out how to sell them or like you I don't know what we're going to do like because it was basically we were it was a big flop right and then I started putting all this time and energy into TikTok and it took off and then all of a sudden I didn't have any diapers to sell because we were sold out and that and we got to the point like that fall because I mean when you start a business like production times are a big learning curve right Mm -hmm. and supply and demand supply and demand is still an issue for me like I can't I don't know how to order enough to meet demand I'm still trying to figure that out but it was really 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 bad in the beginning and then we're just months where I was like I don't know anything sorry it's coming it'll be here I'm working on it yeah it's I promise uh it's coming um but yeah, I just remember ha- him having that like come to Jesus moment with me where he was like, yeah. you got to figure it out or you're not doing this anymore. And then the TikTok took off and it's just kept going ever since. I think we're at like 66,000 followers, which like so if you crazy. had told me two years ago that I was going to have 60,000 people joining to watch me spray poop <laughs> off of cloth diapers, I would be like, there's no way. Yeah. There's no way that people are yeah. going to like that. But people have showed up for the content and and I'm going to keep making it as as long as they keep showing up yeah yeah that's so fun and that's really awesome I love that (laughs) I love that it uh, worked out that way because I do think you're the perfect voice of cloth diapers for TikTok I I mean I'm sure you have heard stories but I definitely can imagine that parents who might not otherwise consider cloth diapers you know, expectant parents are scrolling TikTok and like, oh, wait, she's making this look not as intimidating as we thought. Maybe we should like add a few to our registry and see how it goes. And then you're down the rabbit hole. Yeah, I get notes all the time that are like, the only reason I'm doing this is because of you. You're the one who made this approachable. You're the one who convinced us to do this. I love this so much. I can't believe I never, like, it's it's not something that's even on people's radar. And Mm -hmm. then they're like, wait, if she can do it, why can't I do it? You know? And I, for me, when I was researching cloth diapers, I think the only reason that it felt accessible was because I knew people who had done it before. Like I had um, at least two people in my, like, not like in my acquaintance group that I had, they were posting about it on Instagram and like every now and then it would show up in their stories. And I was like, well, if Corey can cloth diaper her five children, I can certainly cloth diaper one of mine, you know? (laughs) And, and if Corey listens to this, she's going to laugh, but um, but then I started cloth diaper and Corey was actually my first customer, um, which is fun, but it, it like came full circle for me. And I was like, well, I can do that. And then um, now, like, if I think about all my friends that are having babies, like 90% of them are cloth diapering and they're using Kinder because they're like, well, I know Crystal's going to be there to support me along the way. And if Crystal can do it and run a business and work and her husband works, then certainly I can do it too. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And, and, and I think the other thing I, that makes Kinder like our, our presence more approachable too is that I don't push it full time like you can cloth diaper and also use disposable diapers it's not like a one or the other situation like there are a lot of people who cloth diaper at home and then when they leave the home they use disposables for convenience and it doesn't have to be this one or the other thing 
-hmm. And I think that segues pretty well into the reason that families choose cloth diapers. Mm -hmm. Most families, you might be surprised to know, choose cloth diapers to save money. Like, I think a lot of the advertising is... Um, you know, you're going to save the world. Like cloth diapers, they take 500 years, or reusable diapers don't take 500 years to decompose in a landfill like a disposable diaper. Mm -hmm. Like, great, that's a nice, that's a nice bonus. Um, But really, how much money am I going to save? Right? (laughs) Like, how much money can, disposable diapers cost how much? (laughs) You know, like, uh, and I think that reframing it, like, you're going to save money. And, and you're not going to spend all of this money every week that you could be like taking your kid to the zoo with on Mm -hmm. diapers um, makes it like all that more advantageous as well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I, yeah, it's funny because I think, and I think the stigma is changing, but definitely when I started cloth diapering and learning more about it, it was like the super crunchy, like you picture like a mom living on a farm with her 10 children is the one cloth diapering. But the more like the mom I nannied for was not that way at all. And so I think even just that initial exposure was like, oh, you don't have to be like, it's not just for crunchy people or people who are like super eco-conscious. Like, um, and definitely when I was trying to convince my wife (laughs) about cloth diapering, because of course she, she had never had any interaction with them when we were pregnant. And I was like, we're going to cloth diaper. And she's like, okay I'm not sure about this just whatever you say (laughs) yeah (laughs) she's like you're just gonna do all the diapers and that's fine um but the budget was just a huge selling point for me and for her of that like especially since we knew we wanted multiple children that we would build this initial stash with our first child and like now we have too many cloth diapers (laughs) But we have a lot of cloth diapers and my wife's expecting our second. Like, we don't have to worry. Like, we don't have to worry about any, anything. You can use the same, siblings can share stashes, which is a question we get asked all the time too. Like, (laughs) siblings can share stashes. You don't have to sanitize before, like, handing them down to your next kid. You knew how they were washed. You knew how they were cared for. And if you have twins, they can share stashes or triplets even, you know, we've had triplet families. Um, So, if you're planning multiple kids, you're going to save way more money, like just handing them down to the next kid too. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. We've done the math. I have a blog on my website about um, the cost of disposables over time. And I compare like a couple of popular brands like uh, Millie Moon, Pampers, Parents Choice, whatever. Um, wow. And and if you buy one cloth diaper, right for from kinder let's say you buy an 11 dollar pocket diaper and you buy a four dollar insert to put in so you're 15 dollars all in that diaper is going if you use it one time a week for 52 weeks which many families are going to use that diaper way more than one time a week right because you're going to wash yeah. whatever uh it's going to pay for itself and cost the same as one disposable diaper um over the course of the year right so if you use it 52 times in one year it's paid for itself and you're going to use it way more than 52 times in a year so yeah. um and I think that helps reframe it too. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to use it for average, average kids, uh, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> average kid potty trains in about three years. Mm-hmm. Um, so just the math just three keeps mathing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. About but, three years. People always t- comment on my TikToks like, "What three year old isn't potty trained?" Um, mine, my three year old wasn't <laughs> potty trained. Most three year olds weren't. Like, yeah. 
can we the, jump off the judgment train here? Your kid's going to yeah. potty train when your kid's going to potty train. Yeah. Well, and my two and a half year old is potty trained, but we still use cloth at night and at nap time. And again, that's like, people are like, oh, well, they're potty trained, so they don't need it. And I'm like, I'm saving a lot of money on pull-ups. Do you know how expensive pull-ups are? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. When when we traveled the other day, we bought disposables and it's like, oh yeah, I love cloth. (laughs) Here's the thing about pull-ups too, right? If you're, say you're two and a half year olds potty trained, right? They have occasional accidents overnight, right? Like it's not, they don't wake up wet every night, but sometimes Mm -hmm. they do, right? If they're wearing a disposable product, you have to throw that product away, whether they peed in it or not, right? Most Mm -hmm. people are, right? If they're using a reusable product, you just put it in the wash, Yeah. right? And then tomorrow they get to waste. Right, there's no waste. You're not buying a product to maybe use it, right? You're, You're buying a product to definitely use it, right? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. All amazing points. So a lot of my listeners are um, expectant parents or new parents, but if we're talking to an expectant parent, they're like, okay, I am thinking about cloth diapering. It's super intimidating. What do I need to add to my registry to like be able to cloth diaper my baby when they arrive? What would so, you tell them? <laughs> so you need you need something water resistant for the outside, right? A, di- a diaper shell, something absorbent to go inside, and then somewhere to store it. Those are the three big things. We actually built a cloth diaper starter bundle um, for our website. We launched that a couple months ago, and that comes with five cloth diapers, which for an older kid is like a day's worth. For a baby, a newborn baby, you probably need two. Um, but five cloth diapers five of our four layer bamboo inserts, which is like our most popular style, one of each of the other inserts to get eight total um, and a small wet bag to store them in. And then we also throw in a roll of disposable liners because that kind of helps new to cloth families get a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Disposable liners kind of jump over that barrier to entry for them. Um, So I would think this, the bundles are a good like cloth curious way to get into it um, and I think that like starting with about five diapers it feels more approachable like you're you're not all in but you're in enough to try it and see if you like it and then if if it goes really well you can invest in like a full a full stash I also have um, a survey on our website that's how many cloth diapers do I need and that you can put in your lifestyle so like how many kids do you have um, how many parents work outside of the home so like if you're sending your kid to childcare, or if you have someone who's at home who can do laundry every day not that we do when we're at home <laughs> anyway um, and then uh, you know all these different things about your washing whatever and then it'll spit out a number for you and say you know hey I think based on your lifestyle 20 diapers make sense for your family or like hey you got a lot of kids and you've got a <laughs> very busy you got a busy lifestyle I think maybe 50 to 60 diapers makes more sense for you so that you can yeah. spread those wash days out a little bit um, and people we've gotten some really great feedback that people love um, the information that that survey puts out. So that's a good resource too in like when you're getting to that registry stage. Most families are going to want 30 to 40 diapers. That's a pretty sweet spot and average. Um, but it, again, it fluctuates very in, you know, in different directions. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and that's a super helpful tool because again, when you're like starting the cloth diapering process, you're like, what, like, what do I need? How does this all work? So I think it's awesome that you can just go input your information and then like go from there and yeah, feel way less sure. intimidated by, by all of it. Um, so you mentioned that your cloth diapers are 
or you advertise as starting around seven pounds. So they should fit the majority of newborns, um, which I'm really excited about. I have some on my registry because our other cloth diapers that we have don't definitely did not work with my daughter when she was born. Um, so I'm excited to try them out. But uh, so I'm assuming when you advertise, do you not tell people to buy newborn cloth size cloth diapers? Because I guess that's something a lot of people don't know is that a lot of companies have an entirely different diaper. Yeah. So I don't like to sell people things they don't need. And yeah. in my experience, most babies are over seven pounds. Most babies are over. Of course, there are babies who are smaller than that. And there are babies who are outliers. And for a lot of those families, especially new to cloth families, I usually just recommend you use the diapers that the hospital gave you or that you're going to get from your baby shower and just use the disposables versus investing in a separate stash for newborns. I find that the people who are more eager to jump on the separate newborn stash cloth diapers are second, third, fourth, fifth time parents. Mm -hmm. And they like cloth diapering a lot and they're excited about buying more diapers so they're going to invest in that separate stash. Yeah. I don't think it's necessary. Um, and uh, which is another reason why our diapers go so small. Like my daughter, my last baby was eight pounds, five ounces. She fit in our one size diapers perfectly. I had a bunch of newborn diapers cause I did like this. Um, let's try a bunch of brands. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Thing research, with, right? Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was research. It was content for TikTok. Um, yeah. so I tried her in a ton of newborn diapers. I had a whole playlist about trying newborn diapers on her. I found for her that the newborn diapers I couldn't put enough absorbency in them. Mm -hmm. They were so small. She was peeing out of them, or like I had to change her like immediately when she peed, or she was leaking every everywhere. And it wasn't that the fit was bad. It was that she was flooding the absorbency, even as a newborn. So I needed, even though the one size was bulkier, I needed the space to add more absorbency for her. And I know that every baby's different. So you're, you might have a totally different experience with your newborn than what I did. Um, but I don't, I, we don't have a newborn at kinder right now because I don't believe in selling you something you don't need. We yeah. might have a newborn down the line because people have been asking for it. And again, most of the people asking for it are second, third, fourth time parents. Um, it's not usually the first timers who are like, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But for me personally, with my first baby, we waited until she until her cord fell off before we jumped into class. And part of that also was like, there are so many things that are new when you have a baby for the first time. Oh, like yeah. you're you are trying to relearn everything, relearn yourself. If you're if you decide to breastfeed or chest feed, you're learning all about that, and that yeah. is a whole thing. And yeah. then to throw in cloth diapering on top of it, it just felt like too much for me mm -hmm. at that time. Um, and so then till we even got into cloth diapers to begin with, she was plenty big enough to wear the one size diapers. So it's totally preference. It's, yeah. it's, and yeah. if, if you're on a budget, because newborns don't wear their diapers very long, you can often find secondhand newborn stashes that are like barely used yeah. um, at a really, really good value. Yeah. 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 And when we, when my daughter was born, I had, we had some actually we had disposable diapers from like newborn and size one from like friends who were just like, we didn't finish this pack. Here's a bunch. And I was so thankful we had those because we did um, do disposables for like the first three to four weeks. And I were planning on doing that again, because honestly, when you're like getting up in the middle of the night with a newborn and 
all of that, I was like, the last thing I want to think about is like, oh, did we forget to like wash the diapers today? <laughs> or like, has it been two weeks since we did laundry? So I loved starting with disposables. And then by the time my daughter was about three weeks old, she was fitting better in the ones we had. She still wasn't fitting great, which is why I'm excited to try um, yours, but also it was, ju- it just felt so much less intimidating then. Right. Like we were kind of in a groove and we were like, okay, let's, let's now add one more thing in that we can kind of get. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, there's so much, like I said, so much new, right. Mm-hmm. When the baby comes and even with the second baby, there's so much new. I think we definitely felt more confident cloth diapering the second one, um, mm-hmm. from the start, but you got to choose what works best for you. And if that's disposable, that's fine too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I love that you talk about this on TikTok and you've already mentioned it, that like cloth diapering is not all or nothing at all. Like you can cloth diaper part-time and still save money over the course of your child's life, even over the course of their first year, like just doing it some of the time is still um, worth it for many people. It's not yeah, worth it absolutely. for everyone, but it's worth it for many people. Awesome. Um, so I feel like we talked about starting your stash. Um, you want to dive into like any extra things that you would, if you could go back and put on your registry, like a diaper sprayer or the sprayer. I don't even know what that's called. Like the sprayer bucket that goes over the toilet. The spray shield. There you go. Spray shield. Yeah. I don't what have a- you put on your I don't, I don't have a spray shield. I've been cloth <laughs> diapering for, no, I don't, um, for four, four, almost four years. And, um, I have never had a spray shield. I just like, am very careful. With my, there's probably, spl- I mean, we clean our bathroom. Uh, there's a little bit of splashback, but if, I think a diaper sprayer is a really, really nice to have. If it's in your budget and you can have one, absolutely get a diaper sprayer. Um, if you choose to use disposable liners, you may not even need a diaper sprayer. Like you could choose disposable liners instead. Um, I've never used a diaper. Sp- I've been trying to get Spray Pal to send me one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not going to buy one uh, just to test it out because I don't really have anywhere to put it in my bathroom. But if they wanted me to test one out, I would test one out. Yeah. Um, I used a diaper pail in the beginning. And I uh-huh. think that I would, if we were going to do a pail system again, I would just opt for a trash can, like a kitchen mm-hmm. trash can. It's going to be cheaper and you can use it again when you're done babying somewhere else in your house. Like yeah. it, it, it's not like, oh, we're done with babies. Got to get rid of the diaper pail because it looks like a diaper pail. Like just, get, <laughs> yeah. just get a kitchen trash can that uh, keeps the smell in. Um, right now we use a hanging wet bag, which is something that we sell at Kinder. Um, and I just keep that in the bathroom that we spray our diapers out in. Um, you don't really need a lot. I think that like the systems can be really, really simple. Like you just need a place to store it and then the diapers. But I do think I personally, the diaper sprayer is is, is a must have our, in our household. And yeah. and you don't have to sp- spend a lot on one. We I actually, oh, no. yeah. I think I bought mine for $5 on Amazon because I was in one of those cloth diaper Facebook groups way back in 2020 and um, uh, somebody posted that there was like a coupon or something on one uh-huh. on Amazon and I bought it and it was like five dollars and then uh-huh. a bunch of people who bought them got like 
their orders canceled and re- like it was an it was an error right oh, no. um but you got but, yours <laughs> but I got mine I got mine and um it's been fine it's worked it's worked great ever since I don't think that you have to like go crazy and buy like the fanciest system um yeah yeah and for people who don't know a diaper sprayer is usually like think of a small shower head that attaches to the water line of your toilet so that you can use it to spray off um your yeah it's called a handheld bidet usually like if you're going to search for it on yeah but you did a great job explaining what it looks (laughs) like but if you're going to search for it online you would search for like a a handheld bidet yes um and then yeah just like like your kitchen sprayer slash Uh shower head on your toilet line yeah yeah I will say now cloth diapering toddlers with like gnarly toddler poops the nights we have forgotten to put the disposable liner in there I do not know how you do it without a spray a a spray not a spray pal because we don't have that brand but uh whatever a, yeah a a shield. Spray shield thank you mm-hmm. a yeah. shield I don't know how you do it because so we actually had the spray pal or whatever it's called um that's what we had on our registry and that's what we used at first um and they'll probably never sponsor me because I don't love them uh it was like really finicky and I didn't love it um and then when we moved which was about a year ago here we had gotten rid of the spray pal and someone gave us um just like on the buy nothing group it was like more it looks more like a bucket that just sits on top of the toilet I'll have to do you have the the one that has like the stand attached to it like it it like has a base on the bottom. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I know what you're talking. I don't know the name of it off the top yeah, of my head, but I know which one you're talking about. It like just sets on top. Definitely written that down. It, but yeah, whatever. it's I love it. I, I mean, and every time I've had to spray really rough giant toddler poops out of these diapers, I'm so thankful for it because I can just go ham with the diaper sprayer and I don't have to worry it, like, about you like clip it me. fast. Yeah. yeah, you like clip it fast. Yeah. I, I think it would be great. We, in our last house, we had a very small bathroom, like walk-in, sink, toilet, shower, like no yeah. room for multiple people. So there was no place to store something like that, right? Like we had to spray them and just like put them away. Um, So I didn't want to like store it in the shower. That felt mm-hmm. weird to me because then I would be cleaning my shower every single day. <laughs> um, So we just never got one. So I have just I just hold it very low in the bowl when I'm spraying to try and mitigate overspray. Um, And if you don't squeeze the, most handheld bidets are pressure sensitive. So you can choose how much pressure the sprayer is putting out. So you can kind of control splashback (laughs) too. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just found it. So it's called the simply imagined spray stand. Um, so I will link that and the spray pal and everything we've talked about in the show notes, but cool. that's the one that I'm loving. It's, it's super great. And <laughs> I've I mean, seen people because I got it for free. So <laughs> yeah, I've seen people say really great things about it. That one. Um, and people really love the spray pal too. I think it all yeah. comes down to preference. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I think we covered most of what you would want on your registry. Is there anything else that we haven't added? I don't think so. Awesome. Um, so if you're up for talking about the basics of cleaning, I, I bet we could do a whole nother podcast on cleaning cloth diapers, but um, just introductory to people 
what would be a like ideal cleaning routine or a basic cleaning routine? Because I know every family is going to have different ideals depending on their number of qualified groups. But what would you say is a starter cleaning routine for someone? Yeah. So if I was going to make like a one minute TikTok about how to wash your cloth diapers, it would start with a good detergent. I think a lot of times people are like, I'm going to cloth diaper and I'm going to make my own detergent and <laughs> stick with the professionals on when it comes yeah. to detergent. Yeah. Please stick with the professionals when it comes to detergent and go for something like that's going to have a lot of surfactants and cleaning agents in it because we're dealing with poop right at the end of the day. And we want to make sure that our diapers are clean because if we, they're not clean enough, they can cause rashes and issues and things like that. So we really want to keep our baby safe and wash our diapers. We use Tide powder in our house. That's not the only thing you can use. I know tons of people will be like, Tide, Tide powder. It's very popular because it's like foolproof. Everybody loves it because they don't have issues with it, right? But um, Seventh Generation is also really popular and um, all and like Tide free and clear. Like you can use most detergents. I say stay away from draft or like DIYing your own detergent, right? Um, and yeah. then after detergent, the most important thing when you're washing is that we want to remove the solids before they go in the wash and then don't use too much detergent. Using too much detergent can cause issues too. So we like to say less is more. Um, if you're using Tide powder, we usually do like line one, maybe line two. If I'm washing like a full week's worth of diapers, I'll go line two. But line one is usually ample for most people. And that feels like not enough detergent, but I promise you it is enough detergent. Um, and especially yeah. you can also go on like um, your detergent brand's website and search for their like washing instructions. I did this once and for like a normal load of laundry tide recommends like a little bit and and i think even line two was their like heavy soil recommendation so i was like <laughs> yeah. cool this is a heavy soil right yeah um, and then i always recommend two washes we call it a pre-wash and a main wash the pre-wash is going to rinse out excess soil so like all that pee and anything you missed when you were spraying it's going to really remove it agitate it out of your diapers drain it out and then you can do your main wash and since all of that soil is gone now the main wash can do all the heavy lifting and really wash your diapers. Some people don't put detergent in both cycles. Um, you have to kind of figure out what works best for you. We are a detergent both cycles household. So, and, and then temperature of the water does that matter? I say below 100 and 100 105 degrees. If it gets too hot, um, the diapers, at least our pocket diapers, the the material that keeps them water resistant is heat bonded to the fabric. So if we make it too hot, it can cause our diapers to what's called delaminate, which means that the, the heat bonded process kind of like undoes itself, right? And they're no longer water resistant. Um, so we don't wanna go too hot. Washing in hot, hot water, every now and then is not going to kill your diapers. Um, sometimes we do that if we're trying to like sanitize or strip, but that should be like every now and then, not an no, all the definitely time Definitely not thing. an every time thing. Yeah. No, definitely not an every time thing. Um, and you might not notice washing in really, really, really hot water isn't going to kill your diapers overnight, but over time can definitely hurt your diapers. Um, so under 100, 105 degrees. So like a warm setting for most people is fine. And the mm -hmm. detergent does all of the heavy lifting for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then drying, do you put your, I put everything in, in the dryer. Yeah. Okay. Every, every, Look at I, this. 
I put everything in the dryer on low or no heat, usually low heat. Um, and then I find like after one dry cycle, the inserts, usually the really thick ones are not dry. So I'll pull the shells and just run a hot or, you know, a hotter cycle on my inserts. This is also something that's advantageous about pocket diapers and covers over an all-in-one system because the insert is attached to the shell on an all-in-one you cannot do that you can't separate them and like hot heat dry your inserts you have to um, just keep going on low heat until they're done or hang them to dry hanging dry is a perfectly viable option too as long as you have the space to do so yeah yeah and that was when i was you know my we just started cloth diapering and we were trying the different brands I bought the all-in-one. That was one of the reasons that I was like, ah, no, done, can't. <laughs> because it just takes so, so long, long mm-hmm. to dry. And I was like, I am so done with this, especially I... because I was comparing it with pockets. Like I had pockets in that in the same load. And I was like, oh my gosh, these pockets are like done so quick. I have been doing my inserts like in the dryer and hang drying my pockets but even hang drying the pockets because there's not all the layers they still they still dried so quickly compared to the all-in-one yeah they dry so fast and if you find that I know a lot of people have like the really thick inserts that kind of take a while to dry in the dryer even on high heat people have had some issues if you just throw a dry towel in with them um, that can help expedite the dry time too it's a little little drying hack yeah, yeah, I love that. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, so when we are having issues with washing routines, so if you are already a cloth diapering parent or you're starting and you're having issues, what is like your first step? Do you have like a go-to website or somewhere? I don't, we have a chat where you can ask us questions. Um, I find that a lot of things can be solved with like three troubleshooting steps, right? Bad fit actually leads to a lot of leaks, especially in new cloth parents. They like aren't sure or confident in how they're putting the diaper on baby. If there's any gapping, we can have leaks, you know, out the leg holes or um, out the back is way less common, but usually it's out the leg holes, right? And that's Mm -hmm. just because we're not getting those elastics tucked up into the underwear line appropriately. So we always check that first. Like, what's the fit like? How can we adjust that? Can we solve that? And then we can move on to some other things. Um, Not enough absorbency is like number two, right? And how to determine if it's bad fit or bad absorbency is when you have the leak, is the absorbency fully saturated? Um, If it's fully saturated, that means, whoa, we didn't have enough, right? Um, If it's got a lot of dry area, it's a fit issue, right? most of the time. That's how we determine one versus the other. Um, So if it's an absorbency thing, we just need more. And it's okay to put two inserts in a pocket diaper. It's okay to add a booster to whatever style diaper you're using if that helps get your baby through a nap or like through two hours before the whatever you need to do. Um, And then the other washing issues that we might have um, with like leaks and stuff is too much detergent or not enough cleaning, right? So when I started, you'll laugh at this. When I started cloth diapering, I joined one of those Facebook groups and they told me that I needed a full cup of detergent, like a full scoop of oh Tide. Oh mm-hmm. my goodness. <laughs> so in four years, I have only stripped my diapers twice. Once when I found out that that detergent was way too much detergent. And so the second time was when I was like testing an all natural detergent and it, 
Mm-hmm. Just it just wrecked my diapers, <laughs> and I was like, I quit. I give up on this, and I stripped my diapers and started over. But the like too much detergent is so common because people look at it like poop. I need yeah detergent 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 you don't like these detergents are so concentrated and they're made to rem- like they're made to do this they're made to remove the dirt and the grime so we want to make sure we're following the manufacturer's instructions for how to use the product right and and that is one or two lines on the scoop like we're not using a full scoop yeah. I don't know why they give us a scoop that big. We shouldn't be yeah. using a full scoop. That is the real question. <laughs> right? They give well, us like a little tablespoon. <laughs> right? Because the faster we use the product, the more we buy, right? Sure. So, uh, <laughs> but anyway, we want to make sure we're not using too much detergent. And then the other mm-hmm. part of that is making sure we're using a detergent or um, a cycle setup that's actually cleaning our, our diapers, right? So we might end up with odor for either too much detergent or not enough washing. Um, mm-hmm. And that goes back to that like DIY detergent that I was, and some people have mastered the DIY detergent. And if the, your system's not broken and it's working for you, by all means, God bless. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but if I'm going to help you troubleshoot, uh, I would probably advise you to choose a different the first thing that'll go is the DIY detergent. Yeah. The DIY detergent. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, so we want something that's actually cleaning. Sometimes that means adding a pre-wash. Sometimes people aren't adding a pre-wash cycle. So sometimes adding a pre-wash can help. If we're having a lot of ammonia issues, sometimes rinsing all the peas before you put them in your dry pail or your, your wa- wash pail can help mitigate that odor too and kind of get more of the pee out before you put it in your washing machine so there's a lot of troubleshooting that we can do but like those are the most common things that i that i talk people through uh Mm -hmm. bad fit wrong absorbency not enough absorbency or like not cleaning appropriately yeah yeah that's awesome um that's super helpful actually for me because we had a problem with ammonia a while ago and no one in all the research I did no one ever said just to rinse the pee off before you put it in the wash but I'm like duh that makes so much sense yeah well so, and I, yeah, <laughs> if you they, have an issue go to crystal's tiktok <laughs> <laughs> well I mean yeah if you have an ammonia smell um when things are sitting in the laundry pail that's not like a cause for concern, right? But if you have an ammonia smell when it comes out of the wash and it's clean, then we talk about concern. Or if baby has the diaper on and it smells immediately after they pee, that's cause for concern, right? But a stale laundry pail is normal. Sometimes people yeah. are concerned by that. Um, and that, then that's when I say like, just rinse the peas, right? You rinse another, th- just rinse the peas, let them air dry and then put them in your pail and that will help mitigate, you know, the, the smell. Yeah. Yeah, that's super smart. Oh my gosh. Well, you are a wealth of wisdom. We may have to do cloth diapering 102 sometime I'm <laughs> uh, down. for another podcast. But is there anything else you want to add at all for our listeners? I mean, you did have a question on here about choosing the right brand. And I, yes. think, the, I think the most important thing is to find a brand that's going to help you. Um, and, and like, it not be so transactional, right? Because it's not something that you can just take out of the box and use, right? For a lot of people, you need a little bit of hand-holding, right? So Mm -hmm. when you're doing your research and you're choosing your products, make sure that the brand that you choose is going to be able to support your cloth diapering experience, right? Um, There's a lot of great stuff on Amazon, but you're not going to have somebody be able to walk with you through the process. Right, right. You have a problem. You're like, oh my God, I don't know how to fit this thing on my baby. Make sure that you 
are picking a brand that you're going to be able to have a relationship with that you're going to be able to like dm and be like what what am i doing wrong <laughs> how yeah. do i use this thing right um and and i think that if you do that if you find somebody who's going to be a real partner with you um in the cloth diapering journey you'll find that you'll be successful a lot faster yeah i think that's great advice and i am totally okay with you just like selling us your cloth diapers so we already know that they fit like a wider range of children um and that they have that like thick elastic at the back are there any other oh and the moisture wicking athletic uh material are there any other features that you believe really like makes your cloth diapers stand out I mean we've worked really hard on the inserts too I don't like talk about them a lot but I've worked really hard I've tested so many like my poor kids have been guinea pigs on <laughs> this whole time <laughs> they have sampled so many diapers over the past couple years and every product that I put out I've used in my home and like we use enough to to like and 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 feel confident about putting out there for you to put on your own kids um and so I've spent a lot of time getting a hemp cotton insert that's not going to bake in and shrivel up and be on a ball when you pull it out of the dryer right so like the the products that we're using are products that we love too and and we think that you're really going to love to use on your kids also and and the patterns are great of course i love the patterns i mean that's where we started right we started yeah. with like beautiful art like i think that our products are beautiful i think that they fit a, a wide range of kids but then at the end of the day you also you get that expert advice and and hand holding right as yeah. you're as you're getting started with cloth diapering and that is a huge bonus um, that you're not going to get everywhere else. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, Crystal, for your time. Thank you for coming on and just sharing all of your wisdom with everyone. I hope that any expectant parent who like searches for a podcast about cloth diapers comes across this one and it's like, oh, they're not as hard as I thought they were. Yeah, I hope so too. Awesome. Awesome. Well, is there anything else you want to add at all? I will be linking everything we've mentioned so far. Um, I don't think so. Anything else? Awesome. No, just, just come hang out with me on TikTok. Yes, please do. I'm frequently there too. So <laughs> we can all have a great time together. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Baby Gear Unwrapped. I hope you enjoyed our exploration of all things baby gear. If you found this episode helpful, please consider subscribing to the podcast, rating it, and leaving a review. That way you won't miss any of our future episodes and we can share the incredible info with more people around the world. For even more baby gear tips, behind the scenes sneak peeks, and engaging discussions, be sure to follow us on Instagram. You can find us at Baby Gear Unwrapped Podcast, where our community of parents and gear enthusiasts is growing every day. For quick, informative snippets and some fun baby gear insights, catch us on TikTok at The Baby Gear Consultant. We're here to make your parenting journey easier, and we love connecting with our listeners. Remember, you can always visit our website, thebabygearconsultant.com, for additional resources, show notes, and more. Thanks for choosing Baby Gear Unwrapped as your trusted source for baby gear wisdom. Until next time, happy parenting, and may your gear choices always be spot on.